here and Christine special guest Christine once again thanks for coming back of Uh, course thank you for having me again we're glad to have you on yeah so we're gonna probably be talking about PAX a lot because the (laughs) first time we recorded since PAX uh, Carlo was in China for a little while and yeah two weeks it was a rough time well not a rough time (laughs) but like (laughs) just a long time and I you know there's a lot of stuff that I wanted to talk about for PAX and now I'm just sitting here going like shit what happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that I, I thankfully took notes earlier today or t- like thought up some notes to talk mm-hmm. about for PAX uh I have a funny story about a close call at PAX that I'll tell at some point of oh <laughs> a, it was a funny first PAX story so I'll tell that at some point later on but okay. uh yeah and that's uh you had a fun experience doing Mercy and uh, Tracer yeah graffiti various Tracer and uh, Nurse Joy. I recently uh, renovated my Nurse Joy this uh, past summer. So now she has a nice and poofy dress. <laughs> uh, Nurse Joy is just my favorite. I wear her literally every single year and pretty much to every single convention. <laughs> She's just fun. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've, or I, sh- I say we, Carlo filmed a whole bunch of stuff of that. So yeah, at I'm, some point that'll happen. At some point I'm going to get <laughs> in, to that. In theory. <laughs> Once, you know my life stops being busy which is actually never so i mean yeah it's part of it's part of why i'm busy but uh, editing is yeah, hard we have some content that hopefully will go up eventually i'm gonna try to work on that yeah soon. you'll get to see some of you know day-to-day life of a cosplayer yeah and the joy of pax as a cosplayer <laughs> and that was a day i um had premiered a costume too so it was literally like going through the dry run, which I had never tested before since I was so last minute. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we had to go back, and I had to fix things to make it way more comfortable to wear. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully you'll get to uh, see some of that later. Yeah, I'm sure it's at some point we definitely will will make that happen. So, yeah, yeah what did everyone play at PAX? At oh. PAX? I don't think I played games at PAX. <laughs> like That's I was, really a shame. I was. I mean, I feel bad. <laughs> I mean, no, no. Like honestly, it was more like a lot of the stuff that I feel like having gone to PAX for the past few years, I've mm-hmm. done less waiting in line and waiting to play games, and I've done a lot more of trying to find new games, trying to find indie games that are really cool. Um, and on top of that, like just you know meeting meeting people kind of like yeah. talking to everyone because it's really cool because pax is like it's one of those unique experiences where as a consumer or as like a fan you have pretty much really good access to a lot of indie devs um yeah and yeah. well yeah like you have like the big names over there like sony microsoft um you know square enix nintendo etc cetera, etc cetera. like for me those are games that I'm probably going to buy anyways because I have a sick obsession with playing everything. <laughs> uh, hence why you have no time. <laughs> hence, hence also why I also have no time. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I think there were there was like a lot of cool things there. Like I think I ended up playing this game called oh crap, what is it? It's like a, it's like it's like a weird like dungeon and dragons almost like game it's like a d20 modern sort of deal mm. so like you, a gauntlet-esque in a way kind or? of kind okay. of it's more of like you it's like this so it's on it's like on a tablet 
Um, I think it's like, is it like Galaxy of Pen and Paper or something I, similar like I have that? No clue. Like, um, sure, that might be it. But basically, <laughs> it's like a game where you control the 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 GM or the game master, the dungeon master, mm-hmm. as long with the players, and you're kind of like playing through all these quests and different things, and you're and you're uh, basically playing through a campaign, mm-hmm. essentially. And there is like a kind of like an overarching story to it, but at the same time, you kind of control like, okay, I'm going to do these quests next, or I want to do a fetch quest instead to grind for XP. And it's really cool because there's a lot of like uh, RPG inside jokes uh, within it that are kind of like poking fun at like either like be it Star Wars or Skyrim or various different things. But uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's called Galaxy of Pen and Paper, and it's uh, okay. it's a really fun small little indie game that I played. Indie games are my favorite thing to do with packs like i never wait in like the huge lines is always like okay let's check out all the cute little indie games it's also my favorite to play because they're usually shorter i mean you, you usually yeah. get a chance to play more indie games where as like you try to wait in line for something like i don't know like you, you you try to wait in line for super mario odyssey at pax is like completely absurd oh i had friends waiting at like 6 30 in the morning to go and like be the first the first person to go to something and they were still like 20 people ahead of them. yeah there was no way i could get up that early for that stuff yep um i mean what was the skyrim vr fallout vr was the worst one for me oh i, I, yeah. I didn't actually wait in line for it but i remember talking to people who were like uh yeah that was the first thing i went to this morning and i still didn't get in because there were too many people oh yeah uh, the far cry 5 line was always huge which mm-hmm. is a sad so, thing because i wanted to play that but those yeah. were actually the two things so um our friend uh critique ended up being oh, an omega knot yeah, yeah. which meant we got in we got in for the press hour um earlier um, well just you so, and him well just <laughs> yeah, and him. Um, he, he gets a plus one as an omega yeah. knot and we should talk about that soon oh yeah um but basically what ended up happening is that we went to first thing we went to was the vr uh stuff at bethesda um i think he played uh fallout which was pretty interesting and i played doom which i thought was like really good it mm-hmm. looked really good. Um, I had definitely had a lot of fun with that one. That's something I I do plan on buying when it comes out, anyways. And then we nice. also kind of looped around to the Far Cry Far Cry Five uh, section where we kind of tested out. I didn't play the game. We played the fishing mini game thing. Yeah, instead. that was a, an interesting thing they had there. I yeah. saw people playing it. I was like, huh. Okay. Thing is, I I had like the highest score, and they were saying they they're saying like, oh wow, that's like the highest we've ever seen. And the thing is, like, it was Humble like. Brag. It was like, th- <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was like a 39.97, right? But then, so then okay. I kind of go and loop around later on and then kind of, because like, I was kind of looking at the, what the other scores were and I noticed my score was replaced by a flat 40. So I'm pretty Ooh. sure 40, 40 was <laughs> like the max. the max. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, all right, so like someone was going to get it eventually, but. Of course. So I'm just kind of myth that I. I, know, I didn't you didn't hold your, your title. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't hold it. I didn't even hold it for a day. It was like already changed like mm. after lunchtime. Yeah. yeah. So one one game I thought that was especially fun that I did um, in the indie section was called Monster Prom. It's a competitive dating I game. I saw that. <laughs> oh, it was yeah. actually really fun. I saw that yeah. playing. It looked really, it looked like a dating sim. I couldn't tell yeah. much more about it. It looked, you know, visual novel dating sim. Can't say I play a ton of those, but the people who were playing it were like, this is really good. Yeah, so- like it was fun writing. Like the characters were interesting. And the thing is like, you're basically all trying to compete to like date people and you're trying to like successfully get a date to prom uh, with these, uh, the top six people in the school. And you're just trying to, like, do things to kind of, like, prevent people from getting enough points to actually, like, date this character or, you know, trying to actually get enough points to date the one you want the most. So it's so, competitive. Like, you're yeah, playing against other people. Yeah, like, you're actually people. competing. Huh. 
And Which is what how, made it really funny. How long? How long of a? How long is like a certain session for that? Because that seems kind of interesting. Is are they like? Is it repeatable or like? Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, for the demo, it was actually a pretty long demo. I think it took like ten or fifteen minutes. Like, um, I mean, even then, that's still pretty. Yeah, that's quick. All things considered. Well, for, yeah, you know, a, a but that's also just for the demo. Oh yeah, it's just yeah. a demo. A demo yeah. would packs for t- fifteen minutes for like no line. I feel like is long. Maybe then I just have no patience so <laughs> no it's, it's yeah it's whatever yeah but it was just really fun and I, like i was playing with like um my brother and a few friends and it was just kind of like we were all just very amused the whole time there was like clever writing like i, I always love clever writing which you find so much in indie games i feel like so <laughs> yeah so i mean that's one of the ways they can stand out so yeah absolutely uh yeah games i played again i sort of spent a lot of time with indie stuff because i just didn't want to wait in line at all like i'd see some of the big lines even for things like arc and I'd just be like, no, the thing is, I'm like, not going like, to do that. Ark is also not a good game. <laughs> yeah. I, like, yeah. I'm, I'm fully convinced of that. Um, yeah, there were a few games as well that we talked about where it's like this giant booth that takes up a huge amount of space. And then also we're just like never going to hear about mean, that ever again. Like Firefall? Yeah. Like, or the... Mm, uh, like. Yeah. Oh, I remember what back when the, Firefall like, was, was still Heroes there. Heroes of Smite or something. I forget. Oh, what oh, it was. you mean you mean the like the the Smite like card game? Yeah. I don't know if it was Smite actually. Like that same like the same developers that made Smite. I don't know if that was related at all. But mm-hmm. it was just like yeah, that that card game that had like an announcer right by the Twitch booth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was kind of weird. Uh, I don't I don't really know what that was. <laughs> like the thing is like. It's like almost like the same thing because like there's so many card games that are coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like nowadays, it's like you have like quick and easy to develop. Yeah, you have surprising. Artifact, which yeah. is like um, Valve's like weird Dota card game. Uh, I think the one that I really was surprised about was the Elder Scrolls Legends, mm-hmm. which is that that was a card game that was like super featured last packs and again this packs. Wait, what? <laughs> no, yeah, there's a there's an Elder Scrolls card game um, that. I, I'm pretty sure I have a bunch of unopened swag because they just handed it out like candy. Uh, uh, I- interesting. I feel like the only like successful like online mobile game I've heard of recently or for cards. I mean, obviously you have like classics like Hearthstone, but I think Magic actually just released a a um, online version that they're formally sponsoring. I <laughs> mean, this is like this the like tenth one that they I feel like they formally sponsored because Wizards has oh. always had like yeah. a magic Wizards True. is always trying to make that happen. It, I don't know. Like, it's just, just like it's remember... always not good enough. <laughs> um Yeah. What yeah, else? There's another there was there's one more card game that I'm like missing. Oh no, Gwen. But oh, that's yeah, like that, that one. That one actually is fun. Wait, what yeah, like, so I hear Gwen, it's the Witcher so you know how the the Witcher three came out and it had like a mini card game thing mm-hmm. with inside of it? They they actually expanded that into an actual game that is that was, I think it was announced last PAX, uh, more or less. Or but they, that's they when it was had featured. it there. I saw yeah. it a couple times. Um, yeah. And it's like currently, it's currently an open beta. Uh, I've mm-hmm. been playing a bit of it. It's actually, it takes the, the Gwent game within Witcher and adds a lot more depth to it. So you have a lot more card effects, like things that happen when you play them or like this card is not, is like not affected. It's, it's a lot mm-hmm. more <laughs> complex than the simplistic one that you have in The Witcher 3. But it seems to be, it seems to be a really good game. Like I really enjoyed Gwent when I played in The Witcher, and then I enjoyed mm-hmm. Gwent when I started playing it on my desktop. I oh. really want them to come out with an iPad version, though, because... <laughs> yeah, that would definitely help. Yeah, yeah, so as far as games I played, though, and as far as indie ones that I had a good time with, uh, there was a game I played at PAX Rising called Sm- uh, Splash Blaster Panic. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was, was there. the, the yeah, one yeah. I was uh, showing you, where it was kind of like almost a mix of... Uh, 
like Smash Bros kind of mm-hmm. goals where you're trying to knock somebody off the screen with just like a constant firing jetpack kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, had a lot of fun with it. It was a very multiplayer game. It was also one of those where I really was able to figure it out quickly and mm-hmm. thus won handily. Because oh, I, nice. I basically <laughs> everyone else was just kind of like spamming. Brags. Well, it was it, honestly <laughs> right? it wasn't like I was that good at it. It was just the thing where everyone else was just kind of like, oh, I'm just gonna like randomly hit buttons oh, and yeah. go for stuff. Where I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna target this person, and yeah. then I did a lot better. And yeah, that seemed to be a, a very things. mobile game. Like, yeah, not, uh, not mobile as in like you play it on the move, but like yeah. like mobility played a large part in that game. And like I think remember while watching you, like the other a lot of the other players were kind of just struggling with like trying to figure out how mobility worked. Yeah, it was definitely one where I don't know if I could see it. It's never going to be like a big competitive thing. Like it's the probably the closest thing I would compare it to would be like Towerfall. It yeah. felt very Towerfall in the way you have to play it. Actually, uh, do you remember uh, Lethal League? Yes, actually, I do. That yeah, that's like what I I definitely got a Lethal League vibe it, where it's like, it's like not that big, but it's like kind of cool. Yeah, the movement I would say was closer to Towerfall and how mm-hmm. it felt, but Lethal League I'd say is a good comparison as well. Definitely an interesting game. It looked like it was out for a bunch of systems, so that was definitely Switch, right? It's out for Switch. It's out for Ooh. Xbox One. Bunch of other stuff. It was a very fun like party kind of game to yeah. play. So it's like not like Smash Bros level complicated, mm-hmm. but also you know kind of fun and chaotic. I uh, played a game called Perception that was kind of interesting. Kind of got into sort of a thing that I want to talk about later yeah. on involving pack stuff. Yeah. Uh, I played. Uh, I went to an indie games expo, which I'll also talk about later, and played the a couple games. Six, right? Yes. The and I played a cat card game, <gasps> which it was like Meow Wars was the name of it. Yeah. And it was very simple, very much clearly in beta. For example, mm-hmm. I lost a match, and then it was like, "Congratulations, you won!" So it was clearly a very scripted yeah. scenario. But yeah. That was kind of fun, but there was a game called Sacre Blue, which was actually a lot of fun. It was like an action Metroidvania almost. Okay. And it was very fun. I had a great time with it. So definitely would recommend checking yeah. those uh, those games out. Yeah. Definitely some indie games that yeah, I do remember. Forward to. I remember what was it? Was it like Endless Moon or Endless? Uh, Space yeah, or I was thinking about Lifeless Moon Lifeless, or something. And I think it was Endless Moon because I was wearing that shirt yesterday. Yeah, it's a nice shirt. I was shirt. wearing that shirt as well. It's an awesome shirt. It's a very cool Wait, shirt. Did you get a free shirt for that? Yeah, yeah we it was got very because yeah, like way pre-alpha game. Yeah. Well, like I think part of it was that they were trying to. They originally made it. It was. It's a sequel actually to. Uh, I think it was like Endless Space was like the original yeah. first one, but um. Or Endless Planet or something. Yeah, Lifeless Endless Planet, Planet like yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. Um. But it was weird because, like, they, they started trying to incorporate VR, which uh, Zach here tried to play, and to a little bit, it didn't seem like it worked very well. No, I mean, like, it was clearly, again, very pre-alpha stage, and there were a lot mm-hmm. of bugs with that. The VR thing made a lot of stuff very difficult. Like, there was a lot of, like, traversal sort of platforming kind of thing, mm-hmm. which you think would be easier in vr but when you're controlling a third person character Mm -hmm. really really isn't because you have a harder time being like okay well what depth level am i at and can you really like were you able to kind of like turn around and look around the environment at all yes i was able to do that well sort of you could kind of like shift it a bit yeah i wasn't really trying to do much else but that made things difficult as well 
Yeah, I feel uh, like whenever I've played like a third, per- like a thing where I'm looking at my character I'm controlling in VR, like I get motion sick from that. At yeah. Least, like, especially if you're like flying above them and you're following them, it's like, yeah, uh. that's that, that was how your thing was, right? Yep. That, w- it, that was the worst part about it as well, yeah. is the camera was just kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was certainly willing to forgive that. It was pre alpha, yeah. there, uh, there was a lot of concept there that I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know, story wise, I didn't get far enough to tell anything, but it was also like, yeah. all right, this is at least, least like intriguing in terms of what you're doing. It mm-hmm. looked like it was supposed to like open up into some sort of like, like more open like, world like, kind of thing, or not, not even like an open world, but it was kind of like there was supposed to be a point where you like you hit you hit you get past a certain point, and you're like, oh shit, this is more than meets the eye. Yes, that that's definitely the case. There was some interesting, you know. I won't say dialogue because it was basically just voiceover, but there was some interesting, some of that going on in it. Uh, But definitely the camera was in a state where it was like, if you kind of were like stuck in between camera loading zones, Mm -hmm. then it was just like, I I can't tell what's going on. Yeah. That sucks. Well, I know one thing I've been seeing a lot in like new VR games, especially is like, you just jump to places. You yeah. do like a teleportation type thing. And it seems like that yeah. works really well for like motion sickness. It does. Like, it, it, that's what yeah. how a Doom does its movement. It's kind of like the... It's weird because like you have two you have two versions of that, right? You have one where it's like a point and click teleport. Mm-hmm. And then another one, which is this a lot more fine-tuned... You have to... Uh, it's basically like a a catapult almost or like mm-hmm. a, you're a throwing motion where it's like you either pr- pull back on a stick or pull forward on a stick and it kind of like does an arc and kind of throws you into that into that position mm-hmm. um they both work really well yeah uh i kind of like the one where it throws you a little bit further because you kind of have a little bit more control i think robo recall does it very very well oh my gosh that's so <laughs> fun to watch oh yeah that, i mean yeah that that's a that's a fun game uh, in and of itself um but like yeah doom actually had that same thing where it's like you can kind of do you can kind of like teleport into monsters and get that glory kill sort of deal yeah which i thought yeah. was really cool yeah, the robot recall looked interesting. I obviously didn't get to play it, but yeah, yeah it seemed like they did the the like teleportation pretty yeah. well. I didn't see anybody like reeling from it like you yeah. normally do from some sort of teleportation VR game. So. Yeah, I do yeah. I do have it if you ever want to try. Cool. Yeah. yeah fun, fun fact, that was one of the games in the Megathon this year. Yeah. Ooh. And it was hilarious to watch. The thing <laughs> is the funny thing is that like we we ended up looking like what competitive or competitive quote-unquote robo recall looks like and it's like in order to get the highest score it turns out that not like because if you don't know robo recall is this kind of like shooting gallery-esque uh almost horde mode yeah yeah Yeah, you're kind of you can kind of jump around but and you're shooting stuff and you can kind of pull guns you have unlimited ammo essentially um but pull stuff apart too no so (laughs) but that's the thing right so i the big the big thing about it is that this is a game that came from Oh, I forget what the original like tech demo was, but it was this like um, tech demo where you were on a train and basically you could oh, shoot, shoot bullets. Yeah, it was an Oculus yeah, yeah, demo yeah. a long time ago. That, I remember that. That was a very long time ago. I can't yeah, remember the name. That's of it what. Either. So that yeah. so that became Robo Recall. Um, but basically, the big thing there was like you could catch bullets and throw them back, which you can still do in Robo Recall. And it's really fun. Mm-hmm. But to kind of rack up the highest scores. It is much faster to just jump around, grab robots because your reach in that game is actually pretty far. Like you can, you can grab like I want to say like at least like four or five feet away, mm-hmm. grab robots and pull them apart pretty much instantly, and that's like an instant kill. So if you yeah. just jump or and it, it actually doing that melee attack or the melee rip apart gets you more combo, a higher combo meter and more points. I think in hmm. general. Oh, and the combo doesn't break if you teleport. No. Ah. Oh. 
So well, that makes it almost seem too simple. <laughs> no, yeah. So like basically, if you want the highest score, all you have to do is just jump around, sh- rip people apart, and you just like you get absurdly high scores. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine just lots of jumping. Yeah, you know, it definitely seems like yeah, because it would make the thing with the make jumping, it a little bit easier. Yeah, the cool thing with the jumping is that while you can hit it, you can like throw yourself in a certain place. You can also then control the direction you're facing, of where you land so you can kind of do these things where you you shoot yourself over like a robot and then be up behind them but then you have you have to remember that you're looking at the back of the robot so you can't like turn around and it's like kind of crazy yeah okay well so i have uh two things that i would sort of want to talk about from pax one serious one very funny which one do you (laughs) want to start with cereal all right we can go with serious (laughs) first so one of the experiences I had with PAX, the first day of PAX, I actually had not a very good time. And I mm-hmm. think it was because one of the big reasons was that a lot of the games I played are very set up for like, all right, here, we don't want to give you too much of an experience with the game. We want to give you like a quick little teaser. Mm-hmm. So you end up waiting in line, not like super long, but you end up waiting a little bit in line. And because so many games are now the try fail try again kind of thing mm-hmm. you end up playing for like 30 seconds and then it's like all right now you got to try again oh, for or, like for like roguelikes and stuff yeah or or any of the kind of games where it's party hard party <laughs> hard i was lucky on in that there was nobody behind well, the, me so yeah, i got like, to try it twice oh, but yeah nice. the thing is with like party hard like oh i love party um, hard <laughs> or well we were there right and like yeah you could have you could have actually have played party hard for like a good 30 minutes and nobody would have bothered yeah you. yeah specifically party hard too because they're doing a new one yes. yeah which is very, I definitely had a great time playing that. But, you know, some of the other games, it seemed like every single one of them, I was just starting to learn the game, just starting mm. to learn the controls. Like, Perception, that was the one that was honestly, like, the biggest thing for me. I was like, this is a really interesting mechanic. For those of you who don't know, you play a blind character, so the screen is just dark most of the time. But you tap your cane in order to, like, illuminate the surrounding environment. Daredevil style. Yeah. But there's also something chasing you oh, that fuck. where if you take if you make too much noise it gets you i guess yeah yeah but, or like you can, can like home in on you right yeah. but i played just far enough into the game for that to apparently be a mechanic uh. and like i didn't actually get to experience that mechanic at all so that was the kind of thing where i was like okay but i feel like i've just been playing like an exploration game with an interesting mechanic mm-hmm I feel like I haven't actually got into playing the game. And then they're like, pull the headphones off of me and say, all right, well, you know, we don't want to spoil any more of the game's story for you. So yeah. definitely check yeah, it out I wonder. Later. Well, like, I wonder like well, at what point they actually un- unveil like the monster type mechanic. Because if it's something that's like halfway through the game, I could understand them not wanting to spoil that. But I, I mean, that would a, be through a demo, right? That'd be kind I of ridiculous. I played for about maybe yeah. 10, 10 to 12 minutes, I yeah. would say. Uh, and yeah, I, I had the first moment where it was like, okay, you need to hide. Like there were yeah. things all over the place to be like, hide in this, hide in this. So I'd occasionally just hide and be like, I guess I need to hide right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I, I only about like nine minutes into the 10 to 12 minutes was like, oh yeah, here's your first thing where it's like, here's the thing you need to hide. And Aww. it kind of, that was the kind of thing that it seemed like a lot of people were talking about with PAX is a lot of these kind of slow burn games really don't lend themselves too well to demos. It seems no, like, yeah, yeah like demoing in general is like a very hard thing to do. Right. Cause yeah. you want to, you want to show the mechanics of your game at the same time. You don't want to make it so that someone's like, well, that's all I really need to play at that. Like, yeah. 
because uh, yeah yeah well i like for like um like on pyre's demo and pyre's out and it's wonderful please go play it <laughs> I, I still need to, I'm, I'm still trying to get um, started <laughs> but for, for their demo they just um one of the huge things for pyre is that there's kind of like a fantasy sport basketball type thing element as well as a story element so you you can do like the story element too, but they had like huge stations were set up to just play like well, the game mode because like, like they have but, multiplayer for that too. Yeah, right? they Which do. Which is kind of crazy. It's like it's like essentially a visual novel. Like people have described it to me, it's like a visual novel, but with like a, a a really good visual novel. Yeah. But with like basketball in between. Basically, yeah. and there like, was the Penny Arcade comic I think I saw about it that was like, <laughs> all right, what if we have super basketball? Where it's fantasy and you're mm. cr- trying to create like this ultimate magical team. Okay, cool. What if you had to read a book to do that? And <laughs> it's like I I'm not sure I agree on that from what I've seen of it being played. But oh, I I, yeah, I, I hear it. I hear it's actually really good. Yeah, in but terms it, of, or I yeah. thought that the was a funny comparison. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that that is kind of a funny one. But I think them showing off like the sport mechanic where you actually have to like actively like do a lot of things. Like if you mm-hmm. don't like that mechanic, you're gonna hate that game. Yeah. So I think that's kind of a smart decision for them. But. Yeah, like, and even then, it, it, some games it does lend itself pretty well. Like I did play a little bit of uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Yeah, which I am so stoked for. Yeah, and it and, is know, a beautiful fighting game. Plenty of games really, really work for that. I mean, I played uh, FIFA for the Switch. Only played one game of that enough to be like, "Yep, it's FIFA," and that was pretty <laughs> much all I needed to know about it. It's like, all right, I am playing FIFA. It is FIFA. Mm. All right. I now know everything I need to know about the game. Cool. And whether that be a purchasing yeah. decision or not, I think yeah. I'll personally get it because I like FIFA. But, you know. It's surprising. It's surprising how well that runs on the Switch. Yeah. I was <laughs> to like, be damn, honest. this is, this is FIFA. <laughs> I am Switch not... is great. <laughs> I mean, like, like what? They're porting Doom over to it? Yeah. Which uh, yeah. seems to run really yeah, well. I don't um, know how that's possible. LA Noir is coming to yep. everything, apparently, which is really crazy. Well, also, Rockstar. like, Switch has such good support for indie games. Like, oh, I'm yeah. so happy about that since, I, as I've mentioned before, I love indie games and I love Nintendo. So just mashing that together is making me... Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. A, there's quite it's a very few... very exciting. There's quite a few indie games that I do need to buy for, for the Switch itself. And I think the Virtual Console is out for it as well now. Uh, it will oh, be soon. Yeah. Is it? It's okay, the, They soon. have a few things. Like, there's the rumor right now that you can... A bunch of games will unlock on the day of Satoru Iwata's death. Well, uh, I, well, I heard, I hear, I hear that's actually not related to Virtual Console at all. No, no, that, no, I know, but that's like, oh, I know is that, that on top of it? Okay. That's supposedly a rumor. Obviously, you know, it's just a bunch of yeah. data miners. Though apparently, there's like, so. there already is something that you can unlock. Yeah, so yeah. apparently, right? Golf is like the old NES Golf yeah. is secretly mm-hmm. on every Switch. Yep. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. So on the day of his <laughs> death, if you do the like Awada like. He, like was it like you his his like signature like let me show you or whatever or, yeah, or something, yeah, right please enjoy please like, enjoy and he like put puts the two his hand, hands yeah, forward hands yeah it's so his if signature you do that, thing if you do that with the switch controllers on the day of his death like i think it's in july or something um and it'll actually like load golf huh. in theory yeah this yeah. is what this is what people have data mined yeah data mined mm-hmm. apparently a bunch of other games unlock that day it'll be so you know we'll see yeah i mean it's, i think it's it seems it's, legit. It's, it's, it's a good tribute yeah, if, for mm-hmm. to Awada in the sense. Um, yeah, and it seems like everyone, all the games are doing that. Like certainly, uh, 
Breath of the Wild had a couple of tributes to him in there, which seemed kind of cool. Yeah, it's going to be so depressing when you start having, like, these major games come out and he's not going to be in the credits anymore. Yeah. Like, it says, we're not quite there yet. No, we're, we're still in that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Mario Odyssey, which... Yeah. I did not get to play because they were giving out credits like the morning and they're like, yep, you're not going to get credits. I remember uh, there was a thing with all the like the the uh, guy who was doing the competition stuff at Nintendo's mm-hmm. booth was being like, make sure you get here early for those Super Mario Odyssey credits because they are fully gone by like 10 a.m. every yeah. single day. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally just I haven't even tried to get any of the demos for most Nintendo things, honestly, because yeah. I already kind of have a good idea of what I want to buy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everyone in, who has a Switch is going to get Odyssey. Basically, Basically. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, some cool world. It's a, it's a Mario game, essentially. Yeah. Which uh, I can sort of report back on Mario Rabbids because uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I played that on the plane. You've been a lot. Uh, pretty deep into that. It sounds like. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Like I want to like it more than I do. Okay. Uh Really? Yeah, it's like like I thought I think, that game was like something that everyone was like I like this more than I was expecting. Yeah, well, so well, I think so, that's the, so that that, that is true. Difference. That is true, but I also want to like it a lot more than I actually did in the end. It's mm-hmm. like I, I liked it. I did I I went into it thinking I'm not going to like it or like when I first saw there was a Mario Rabbids crossover, I thought it was going to be shit. I think everyone thought it was I going to be... I saw the trailer and was yeah. surprised. I played it and was, like, surprised at how, like, kind of, like, quirky it is. But then it's, like, after a certain point, it started to kind of wear thin. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of around... And the thing is, like, it's around World 2, which is not very far mm-hmm. in the game, as far as I know. And it just kind of... It, it wasn't hooking me in the same way that something like XCOM did. Yeah. Probably because it was, like, less hard and more just kind of, like, oh, it's, like, it's it's it wasn't... More it, goofy. It's not really goofy. It's just, like, there are certain things I did not like. Because, like, things I do like doing in tactics is kind of, like, a very slow, methodical fight thing. Mm. And I do that a lot in XCOM mm-hmm. where, like, I, even though there are time limits, it's still kind of, like, very slow and methodical where... As in Mario Rabbids, it just kind of felt more grindy. Okay, I'm trying to get through some of the levels, but it was like it was just more kind of like okay, like I just need to go do this, and it's like my actions were sort of limited in such a way that kind of didn't make it feel very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, That said, like I think there were a lot of interesting mechanics in it. Um, I do think it. I think that uh, all things considered, the humor was not as bad as I was expecting it to be. That's what I hear. Yeah. (laughs) Like I don't care for the rabbits much yeah. at yeah. all. The rabbits were it was kind of more like adorable or whatever not than it was like actually that bad. Okay. But then on top of that it's like a lot of the out of game mechanics like it just it just didn't hook me in the way that I was hoping it was going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. So like if you had to give a number probably like 7 out of 10 or something is what I'm guessing. I I I'd give it like a I'd give it like a fair like 3 out of 5. Okay. Because like I, I don't like the I don't like the ten. No no no, that's thing, totally fair. Like, I, I'm not. We're not going to become reviews at any point either. Six, so we only review things from six to ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely don't want to don't oh. want to do that. But I was just like curious. No, if that, yeah, it, if, it's, if it averages out to like it's mostly pretty. Good. It's like a pretty average game. I don't okay. know. Like I may I might have to spend more time with it to kind of see it. I get into it. Yeah, get a bit more. Uh, maybe it gets more tricky. But in yeah, that kind of way. Okay. Like yeah. I, the thing is, like I think I'm also going to be playing the new XCOM DLC, which just came out. Uh, I think it's like War, like something of the outside. No, that's that's fucking Dishonored. <laughs> um, 
I think it's War of the Chosen, maybe. Sure. Something I, like, I don't. Yeah. I haven't been following XCOM for a while. Yeah, so. I need yeah. to. I need to play that and kind of figure that out as well. That'll be an interesting contrast as well as going from the more quote unquote serious XCOM. Well, yeah, because like the big the big difference between the thing I think that kind of gets me with XCOM is more of like the dice rolls sort of matter, whereas like in Mario Rabbids, it's kind of like it's like zero, fifty, or a hundred. And, like, yeah, you can break cover and stuff, but it never felt efficient to do that. Mm-hmm. And it always just kind of felt annoying when it was like, oh, well, it's like 50-50 chance. And it's like I never I never felt like I was getting much of an advantage for, like, flanking or whatever. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Uh, so I can say my not-so-serious story now. Oh, I think yeah. that'll be funny. Uh, so short version. TLDR, uh, I almost shit myself at PAX. <laughs> what? Uh, so I we got some hot takes for you people. Uh, Apparently, so <laughs> I left downtown for a little bit. Uh, mm. So left the convention center, went up back home to basically do a fantasy football draft. I forget if it was for the league me and Carlo are in or not. No, it was Might a different been. one. Uh, yeah, so went up for a fantasy football draft came back down and was going to the Indie Games Expo, the, the six. Six, yeah. Seattle, Seattle Indie, Indie Games, Games Expo. Seattle Indie Expo, I think is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, so came back for that and hadn't eaten anything for most of the day, so just grabbed a burrito. Uh-oh. Uh, and then went to the Indie Expo where they had an open bar and I was waiting in line to get a drink. Mm. And I think everyone who's listening can relate to this. Just had a moment where suddenly I was just like... <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, and uh, where where did you get this burrito from? So I can know <laughs> to avoid. No, I I don't want to say because I've been there so many times. It's a small local business. I'll say after the podcast. Okay, okay fine. Uh, it was. I've been there many times. I've had a great experience many times. Have been there since and have been fine. But just got a got a bad burrito, I guess. Oh God! Just yeah. All of a sudden was like, oh no! So it immediately just like went out of line at the uh, at the expo from the bar. Went into the bathroom and unfortunately all the stalls were full. Uh, oh. So I just like put both my hands on the thing and just like stared into the mirror like I was tripping and just like trying giving myself a pep oh talk God. to keep it together and like right? some dad with his two kids came out of one of the stall like the two kids are probably like four years old and younger yeah. and just like looks at me just like freaking out staring into the mirror and probably <laughs> thought it was like oh god what have i got my kids into yeah, let's, let's bring the kids away quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wasn't going to be like no don't worry i just really need to poo let me go there <laughs> uh, yeah, i mean so, yeah to be fair you are a ticking time bomb at that point yeah i'm right? very much a ticking time bomb uh i did make it good it was fine <laughs> i was in the stall for probably about 20 minutes oh uh unfortunately but i did make it but it did hurt my enjoyment of some of the games at Seattle Indies Expo, though, uh, because I was just kind of sitting there like, what happens if I'm in the middle of this game and there's an emergency situation? Do I just, like, mm. fling the controller in the air and just, like, sprint off? <laughs> uh so that was there was a little bit of like paranoia and freaking out about am I yeah. going to suddenly have a bad moment again and have to leave. So that, that definitely will would color your experience as much as I mean 
obviously you can kind of you try not to and i still like soccer blue like i said i played that there and had a really good time but i was also just like kind of nervous the whole time oh, yeah. mm-hmm. of am i am i going to have to leave yeah uh and then i did end up not playing all the games at the indies expo because of that because i was like i'm just not going to enjoy it at this point because yeah. I, i've just had a close call and i'm too afraid of having another one so makes sense that was my first oh pax my experience gosh. i was supposed to go to a meetup after that as well but i was like no that's not gonna too happen. dangerous <laughs> did not have any drinks did not i was going to like have a couple beers and uh was definitely too afraid to <laughs> too afraid to get into it unfortunately yeah no well that's unfortunate but, <laughs> but it was a funny story yeah, yeah. A funny first pack story for sure all right um so i uh, came here with a topic. Oh yes, let's that get we, into I that. I think we should discuss. Um, I thought it was very interesting. It's something that um, I heard uh, on another podcast. Uh, Waypoint. Um, sure. They do. Yeah. I think it's Vice's. It, it, uh, yeah. Vice version or of gaming. Vox? It's Vice. Vice. Yeah. It's definitely Vice. Uh, they were talking about uh, Dishonored, which I think I just mentioned, and how mm-hmm. there's a new game. There's a new uh, expansion out of De- Death of the Outsider. Mm-hmm. Um. So the interesting thing about Death of the Outsider is that if you know if you know anything about Dishonored, it's just sort of like it's like a thief life game with super magical like you have superpowers and you can kind of like stealth your way through or just kind of massacre through everything. But as with a lot of games in this sort of vein of this like immersive sim that there's a uh, there's like a morality meter or like a karma meter in a sense where it's like mm-hmm. high chaos or low chaos basically is the way that this the game puts it. And obviously with high chaos, you basically kill more people and it tends to cause a lot more um, negative things to happen in the world. Um, and you especially since you get to be perceived a lot more negatively um, versus low chaos where you're super stealthy. You don't kind of leave any trace and people don't really know that you were the one, you know either infiltrating or uh say knocking people out okay. for example yeah um and with death of the outsider they actually take away that mechanic hmm. but kind of keep the powers in so the interesting thing is that you watch almost any trailer for dishonored or a uh, dishonored 2 or the, this new death of the outsider and they are these like super awesome like you basically like jump off a building teleport down kill three people yeah like, the, use your the powers. dramatic video game trailer. yeah the dramatic yeah. video game trailer where you're just like you're just like being a total badass the destiny 2 trailer is another <laughs> good example of that. yeah definitely um but it's interesting so like my struggle or i think one of the reasons that i actually um did not have as much fun with this new dishonored as much as i did with the first one is that i felt like the game was kind of punishing you for using your powers in that sort of way like the powers like because basically both characters never it never really fit their characters to kind of be this like you know like uh gun wielding like massacring badass that's just like ripping their way it through like really some fit sort the of story yeah. yeah yeah it was just kind of more of like no these like if i want to kind of play as these characters would be played it's a very low chaos very stealthy very knock people out and it kind of felt like Dishonored in it too, in and of itself, was kind of punishing you for doing that high flying style because it would be high chaos and you'd be getting, you'd be missing out on content or whatever not. Um, so I was wondering, like, with this new one, they take out that whole thing and it's kind of like the whole thing is like you are just basically you get to be that sort of badass and you get to kind of kill people without you know 
having to worry about without that. consequence yeah. yeah yeah which is like does that sort of consequence that sort of morality meter make games less fun where you're kind of actively limiting a player and saying like hey you shouldn't like we're not we're gonna give you these powers or the ability to upgrade into them but you really shouldn't actually be using them if you want to get the quote-unquote good ending yeah and it seems like it's a very interesting sort of design decision. Yeah, like I. How far do you go in each way? Right. I. Huh. I feel like I'm sort of in the minority here because I don't really like morality systems in games, but it mm-hmm. seems like a lot of people really do. It, it. The thing is, like, it gives a very interest. It gives a. It's a very good way to give the illusion of choice. Yeah. Or, or you know, it's a good way to feel like you're having an impact on the world, which I think we've talked about as being a really important thing yeah. in games. Is, like mm-hmm. by your actions like one of the things i really like about a lot of shooters is when the main character people talk about them like when you're fighting an enemy if early in the game they're not saying anything and at the end of the game they're specifically talking about you and being afraid of you it's like that's awesome it feels like you have an impact on the world mm-hmm. but the morality system i've never liked yeah. i like fallout 3 is a big example of that i never really liked it in fallout yeah. 3 yeah well it's never done really well in a in a in a kind of way because like well i like black and white do you ever play that oh, game back in the day no oh that's a good game that is a good game i, I think, think I that that's actually I probably I the, out on it. i actually really love that game like i feel like for the most part a lot of morality systems are kind of it can be touch and go yeah. well, it, seems like, it seems like so many of them are just basically like do you want to go left or do you want to go right yeah. kind of choice? It's, yeah, and that it's one, like, like you yeah. like fully do like the in between and affected like how your you know your god character was and everything. Yeah. And, I would yeah. say like the 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 kind of like standard one to point back to as kind of being that sort of left or right. It's just the Bioware karma yeah. mechanic. Like you saw Absolutely. it. It started in Kotor essentially. Uh, you kind of saw it. I mean, you did see it in like all their other games. Like um, what's that one martial arts game? Oh uh, god, it, Jade, not, Jade Jade Empire. Jade or something? Empire. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then like, but yeah, you saw it in KOTOR and then you obviously saw it in Mass Effect with the Paragon Renegade stuff. And then people being so upset when it literally came down to, do you want to go left or right? Yeah. I mean, but, but like, that's the thing. It's like these morality systems in a sense are almost an illusion of choice where, yeah. And that was the issue with Mass Effect, right? It's like you had all these choices, but in the end it doesn't really matter because like as much as you can branch out into all these different endings, quote unquote, it's impossible to really write content for every single like drastically different decision like you're you're not gonna have you know completely different content based on someone's morality i mean you do kind of have that with some games like where it does lock you out of certain things like i you see it a lot in visual novels but that's like kind of more of an acceptable norm whereas like mass effect it's like at some point it had to funnel you back into the same stuff yeah what's really interesting is when i think about that i think about also the choices that are part of the game in uh, in Bioshock Infinite, where throughout yeah. the game, I think there's like four or five choices you have to make that don't make a big meaningful difference in terms of the story. Like a few of them, it's like, okay. Do they actually make any difference? Some of them make some difference. Like there's a choice at the beginning of the game where you can either throw a baseball at, uh, at a couple that's about to be stoned to death. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or you can that, throw yeah. it at the person who is trying to stone them to death uh that it doesn't change the plot but it mm-hmm. does change some of the characters you interact with in a minor way like in and it changes your interaction with those characters like it's slightly different dialogue yeah but it's just basically 
it's functionally the same in terms of plot and that's kind of the point of the game really is just the illusion of choice that you're giving the yeah player. that like, well that entire game kind of deals with that really interesting like illusion of choice just because it's like you i mean you're dealing with i mean with like all the weird time travel crap that happens in that game yeah but ultimately all roads in that game and in in terms of the narrative of the game the whole point of it is doesn't matter it all just leads yeah. here which is which is kind of interesting because it's like a it's a very it's like they almost took that same play from the original Bioshock, right? Where you kind of, you know, you're, you don't really have any control over your destiny yeah. in the same yeah. sort of way, but it kind of like wraps it around, especially over a different ideology rather than objectivism. But I would also say that in the first Bioshock, you had a really, really shitty illusion of choice. Yes. Uh, where it was like save or kill yeah, these with the little, little sisters. sisters. Yeah. And it was kind of like, well... You know, it wasn't really hard to, like, just save them because, like, you found out if you played through the game that saving them, you end up with better rewards than killing them, which, cool. You're yeah. you're rewarding somebody for, uh, A, not taking the immediate gratification and getting it later in the game. Yep. And you're rewarding someone for doing a good thing. But it's kind of like, well, then why would you ever... Like if you once you know that, why would you ever harvest? Yeah, them? you're you're yeah. forcing people. I mean, again, it seems like it's the kind of thing with, you know, Bioshock Infinite did do something similar. Again, with that stoning the couple versus not, it doesn't matter because you get the same reward either way. Mm-hmm. But I remember every time I play that, I'm like, who the hell would throw it at the couple? This is such a fucked up situation. I of course say that. Unfortunately, knowing about the current. Uh, I mean, current yeah. climate. I feel like there may be some people who'd throw it at the couple. Yeah, that's outside the scope of this podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I've never really liked the situation where yeah. it's just okay. You're basically picking one or the other, and you can't get one of the things. Like that was the thing I always hated. Is okay because I don't want to blow up a town and fallout. A huge megaton essentially yeah i don't a huge chunk of the map is basically just no longer available to me yeah because otherwise i'd have to fight through everything involving 10 penny tower and i'm like well i don't really want to do that yeah um i want to say like one game that actually does sort of the morality stuff or it's not really morality stuff it's kind of it's weird where it's more of a like a role-playing version of it but uh in in the new prey um not kind of giving out spoilers because I think it's still relatively new, but it's you have the kind of the option of getting alien powers at a certain point, and those powers, while they do help you, do in a sense like like yeah, it's like oh I got these cool powers now, but now, then it kind of like makes the game harder to compensate for you having those powers. Mm. I think that's like a good mm. balance where it's not necessarily like you're not in a yeah. way you're kind of getting punished for get, get getting it, but yeah. not in the in the way that it's like, oh, you're going to miss out on content. It's well, just like, we're just going to make this game now harder for you. Do you know, like, when you're choosing, like, to get the alien powers that it will become harder? No. So you, ah. well, you, or actually, you, you do kind of have a, you have an indication where it's Doesn't like. Doesn't it, like, warn you things might change? Yeah, like it's, this? it's kind it's... of more of like a, like, if you start getting these alien powers, you know, I think there's like a one a loading screen tool mm-hmm. tip like obviously like as many of these main games do where it's like if you get if you you decide to take too many alien powers the like uh the uh, station's defenses and will might start identifying you as an alien rather than a human yeah mm-hmm. I I remembered seeing a playthrough I haven't played it but I remember seeing a playthrough where it's like the first time you do it as well 
it'll be like careful you may not be human anymore yeah after this mm-hmm. or something like it, it that. definitely like, deals sensible with that sort of thing that. yeah i mean a super low-key version of that is like cookie clicker and like they, <laughs> but no, seriously, slightly though, different but sure like, I mean, a super low-key version because like it's much simpler and relaxed but you have to go through three stages where it's like hey this is gonna change things hey this is gonna change things until it finally completely changes like then you know the entire way the game looks and how it plays for you, like by doing it. So. Yeah, I've been playing Cookie Clicker in forever. <laughs> I, I have played far too much Cookie Clicker. I had like ninety nine percent of the achievements. So oh, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I'm so so <laughs> disturbing how how like that positive feedback from idle games feels so good. It does. Right? It feel, it, it's pretty <sighs> distressing how engaged. it hacks your brain like that. Seriously, the number of games that I play that are just like super like small, tedious, low key games like Metacarp Jump or like you know Cookie Clicker, they're just I just love them and collecting achievements on them for certain reason feels almost like better than like yeah. if I'm trying to actively hunt for them in like a story based game because like, yeah. I I don't know there's something nice about like the patience rewarding yeah you, I yeah guess. I mean it's 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 definitely a really funny though I do remember <laughs> what's in like an icy where it berates you for trying to get achievements yeah that was a which i thought was just like sit super in spot crazy for 10 minutes or whatever yeah you sit yeah. in the what? same yeah so oh. it's like well it's so it's basically you're like um it's kind of spoilers but you have to, you basically go the opposite way that the game narrator tells you to go mm-hmm. and you basically come to this room it's like a room of nothingness or whatever and basically you just you sit there and then the narrator basically for like i think a good 10 minutes just starts going like hey there's nothing here like what the fuck why are you still here and literally just kind of like goes into this whole thing and then like at a certain point you get like a silver achievement like a like a silver trophy essentially for like ps4 or whatever not and it basically goes like wait a minute you're just here for the achievement it's like is that all you're really here for (laughs) and it just like starts berating you you get like another one for finishing the whole thing and it berates you again it's just like it's like this super interesting meta level play so oh, I really far, like cry, that. far <laughs> cry 4 does something a little similar not the same obviously but uh if you so far cry 4 you're at an early stage of the game and the main villain of the game uh it basically leaves to go torture someone to death and he's like just wait there i'll be right back you've mentioned this before yeah and then if you just yeah. sit there for like 10 minutes you just immediately go to the end of the game yeah which is kind of a funny, and you get I an mean, achievement for doing so. You get an yeah. like a achievement for like congratulations. You just sat there. So. I mean, it's, it yeah. kind of it kind of plays in that whole like, you know, is oh, is his name Pagan Min? Pagan Min. Pagan yeah. Min? yeah, is Pagan Min really that like the evil person here? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, but I mean, yes, obviously, in terms of like the stuff that he did. But then you you play through more of the game. Yeah, and stuff, but and it, you kind in of, terms of it gets it gets a lot more. It it becomes a lot more gray than than I thought it would have been. Like, Far Cry 3 was obviously, like, very, yeah. very cut and dry. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the one thing that I liked more about 4, because, like... In terms of his relationship yeah. to you, you do start to wonder about that. It is hard to not see him as a bad guy when he is For, torturing yeah, people with, to with death. His, yeah, with his actions. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, wh- where did his actions come from and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. And then your allies are, like... Your allies are not are, great either. It's not even not great. Like, I would almost say, like, they're almost demonstrably worse because of the way that they kind of turn, they kind of, like, turn from somebody that you, they claim was someone good. Whereas, like, Pig and Min, it's like... You know what you're I'm getting. F- yeah. yeah. You know what you're getting like, out of him. I'm a fucking asshole, but I have, I'm an asshole because of these reasons. Whereas these other two are like, 
hiding under their guise essentially which i think is really an interesting play yeah. on the whole morality stuff yeah indeed circling back around to that <laughs> morality stuff by the way i feel like there's the big thing with the morality stuff that i don't really care for is a when it is like we were saying basically just a matter of do you want to go left or do you want to go right mm-hmm. um i i think one of the biggest things about it though is a lot of games that have you make those choices it seems like they get kind of judgy about it or it, it, i don't know yeah like that, that's that's the thing i have with dishonored right where it's like you players will will start saying like wow you're the you're a you're a fucking murderer and like i i know there's something in dishonored 2 that kind of makes it a little bit better where it's like if you kill evil people the chaos reader doesn't rise as much in a weird way yeah which is i think is a kind of interesting play on it but it's like when the game is kind of like actively berating you for for playing the game it seems kind of yeah well, and it, especially like if you're getting better rewards for going one way if it is doing that beration i feel like it, mm. that would be fun to just kind of discover but yeah. also it sort of is in denial about the way games are these days like the minute somebody hits that kind of choice mm. they're gonna go online and be like hey which one of these is gonna get me the better reward not yeah. everyone will but a large it's amount something, of people will it's something i've had to train myself not to do yeah because yeah. I, I i always like like oh fuck i want to min max this thing basically and yeah. it's like it's something that i've had to kind of force myself like okay i can't go online i can't spoil what's going on because otherwise it's like the the choices that i make in the game aren't going to have as much of an impact to me yeah, yeah. absolutely so wait have you played undertale then yeah i the thing is like I tried playing through it, but it just didn't hook me. Remember, like I, oh, I think we yeah. talked about this. It was like, it's like, it was just a little bit too internet quirky for my taste. Oh, I love internet quirky. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, like, I, it's like, it's fine, but it was just like, it was just kind of like, all right, we're just gonna kind of like joke about all these things and like poke fun at, but it was like. It was like an affectionate parody of things that I didn't really care to parody of. Yeah, but in terms of like the morality thing, like, uh, like I think they did a good job though for the, you know, the the gen- since you had like a route where you didn't kill any characters, yeah, you where you can do mix, and you have a route where you kill everyone. And the I think like how, stuff. yeah, I think how they deal with uh, the genocide route is really interesting. I think there's a lot of people who aren't willing to do it just because it is very emotionally like. You 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 it's get like a you're lot an of, asshole. Yeah, basically. And then like on top of that, it's like it's very it's like I mean obviously there are ways to like reverse it but, right, but it's like meant to be a very permanent thing. Yeah, exactly. Like if you play the genocide route and you try to go back and do like the the completely like no kill route, like you will still have people reference like the things you did by killing like everyone in the game. Yeah. One of the few things I've heard about Undertale is how the fandom for that game gets really aggressive towards people who go genocide route. I, I could see that. I think people also just get such an attachment to a lot of these characters. Like, how could you do that? Well, also but, fandoms in general. Well, I mean, to, I mean, yeah, that, that, yeah. besides that, the, besides the point, fandoms but, suck. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> moving, moving on from that. I, that's one of the few things I've heard about the genocide route versus yeah. the not is that like, it, particularly YouTubers or anyone, if you're like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to go genocide, you'll get yelled at for, by, like, everyone. Well, that's just people being sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do think that game's just worthwhile because it's only, like, a six-hour game to play through, like, one time. And it's not that okay. bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just that I want to... I want... 
something that makes the choices sort of matter um, in a weird way. Like, mm. that's not just the very simple, like, either good or evil. Like, it's, yeah. it's, but it's very hard to kind actually, of... Actually, I think, the... now that I think about it, it, there's another Bethesda game that I think actually did it pretty well. Uh, Skyrim actually had, like, some of those moral choices, because you're basically, like, in the thing with the Stormcloaks versus the Imperials. Because, mm-hmm. again, neither of the choices are necessarily good or bad, yeah. you know? Because both sides, you can be like... All right, I kind of see where you're coming from, but yeah. also I kind of see where these guys are it's coming like, it from. It was like, oh, you guys are kind of assholes, but you guys are kind of assholes like, too. Like, I'm totally with you. It should totally be the Nords to, oh, you're racist. Oh. Uh... And it's like, okay, let me go look it over <laughs> here. It's like, oh, yeah, you guys kind of want to unite, but but you're the Thalmor's bitch. <laughs> yeah, there's really like... You're, so... not, you're not like fighting for anything. It kind of makes that choice feel a little bit less judgy. Yeah. Because it is like neither person is necessary. There isn't the good option and the bad option. So you well, like yeah. gray morality. Or but, it's, it's... but the thing is like, that's like more of like a story decision, right? It's yeah. not necessarily, it's not in Skyrim for more or less, there isn't really a morality meter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Like there's no, there's like not like. It isn't a morality system. Yeah. It's just. Kind of like how Fallout does where it's like you kind of have like pacifists or whatever not yeah i did though i did like um new vegas's morality system a little bit more because it kind of it kind of went on more of that like square of like a square scale rather than like a just a binary one yeah i I like that it wasn't yeah because it was like just good bad yeah it was kind Mm -hmm. of like it's like good or bad but then on top of that it's like do you are you like a murderer like or whatever like are you creating a lot of like trouble or are you kind of like a very goody two-shoes person or kind of like somewhere in between so basically we want our games to be the like lawful neutral lawful good chaotic evil kind of thing in terms of choices the alignment talking about alignment gets real complicated real fast (laughs) yes (laughs) like you can have arguments about alignment especially if you if you play any tabletop yeah yeah i think that would i haven't seen a lot of games go that in depth with morality choices that could be really interesting is like, ooh, which direction do I want to go for this one? Well, also, if you have, like, nine different choices, for instance, if you actually, like, did like that, I think yeah. that'd kind of make it a lot less, like, this is obviously the clear choice of what you should do, since if you have, like, three choices, it's like, okay, well. Yeah, I think that might be also why I'm not as drawn to Telltale, although even mm-hmm. then, that is kind of that gray thing, is so but much the of the decisions like... are, like, very, very either one or the other. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I would say that's why I like life is strange a little bit more than telltale yeah, that's fair because it was a lot a lot of it was just a lot more like you you weren't entirely sure what your decisions were going to end up as because they they would take an effect episodes later whereas like in telltale it was kind of very immediate that you like oh someone's going to remember this but you knew exactly what exactly was going to happen because of your action whereas like in life is strange it was kind of more of like like holy shit because of this weird time travel thing, I can technically reverse time and like redo my actions and kind of pick out and see like, oh, what are the, like, what what it happens if I go either way? Yeah. But then like, there are times when the game decides to just take that away from you, and yeah. you just like, you're like, fuck, I wasn't expecting this, and like, I'm and in I now made in a, a bad choice, and like, mm-hmm. I now I'm in like a timed event. I can't pause. I can't look shit up. I need to make the decision now. Yep. And I think that kind of like lended a lot more impact than the telltale stuff did well it's a good mechanic to kind of you know take away those elements of like now we have the internet for everything so yeah yeah well cool i think that's definitely some good 
good stuff to think about for any future people who want to do any morality stuff. Give us more choices than A versus B and, you know, have I'm looking it at be... you, Bioware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Well, we got to wrap up now. So thank you guys for, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for coming and talking about it. And, uh, yeah. Thank you all. Go check out, uh, Christine on various social media stuff. Uh, do you want to, you um, feel free to plug. Yeah. 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 Um, basically just follow me. Uh, if you want to look at any of my cosplay stuff, follow me at, uh, Satius cosplay S A T I U S and then cosplay. I'm mostly active on Instagram though. By mostly active, I mean I go active like the month before convention, and then <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, then during get, convention, yeah, and then during convention, and then I kind of stop for a while, and then uh, similarly on my Facebook for my Instagram. But yeah, check those out, and I, that's yeah. All right, there we go. <laughs> that's my plug. There's the plug. plug. All right, once again, thanks so much for uh, tuning in. Yeah, thank you. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.